Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, January 30th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, on yeah. uh, the, the Twitter machine yesterday, we had yeah. a little bit of a, a short conversation, a little back and forth. You were talking oh, yeah. about TV, TV shows. shows in which the main character is the least interesting person on the show. Correct. At first, I bristled a bit at your inclusion of Jane the Virgin. Um, I mean, think about it, though. Come on. Well, I mean, first off, on one hand, I agree. Rogelio de la Vega, played by Tell Me More guest Jaime Camille, is, is the greatest character in the history of television. I will give you that. But, man, do I not care about Michael at all. Oh, no, so, absolutely. Yeah. Jane is that much is more interesting fair. than Michael and maybe even Raphael, but she is not as interesting as Petra. Uh, who is I, another character that I love? Zoe as well, maybe even Alba. Definitely but anyway, Zoe, definitely Alba. Uh, certainly not Michael or Raphael. You're Ugh. right. Ugh, hate them. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're not like I enjoyed the the will they or won't they? I and I like yeah. Jane with Raphael, but like I just didn't care about them individually. Sure. But the reason I bring this up is because I then asked if we could bring that conversation into the musical yes, world yes. and you had some very good ones i feel like i've said this before and i they couldn't come up with what i said it about to be honest with you oh boy <laughs> um, but but i think there are some good ones and i will about tv i will say that i think that's probably more true of comedies because the main character is usually the straight man um and everybody oh, else is so funny true. around Again, like him how or I her. Met your mother yeah yes that's a perfect explanation uh, for that but for musicals i'm interested because you said the first ones that come to mind are dear evan hansen and be more chill i think dear evan hansen is a weird one for dear, me because dear evan hansen is tough and i included it just because i've got a lot of problems with that show in general I, Same. But I, the main character, the titular Dear Evan Hansen, is just everything he does is he's not likable. So. Right, well, that's different between being likable oh, and yeah. interesting. Yeah, though. it's tough. That one is a tough one, but I absolutely stand by Be More Chill, which is my other. Yeah. Well, and I think I said something similar about um, Jagged Little Pill recently, where Elizabeth Stanley's mother character, MJ, is like the the central yes. focus, but I cared so much more about you and I were talking Celia. about this privately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celia Gooding and uh, uh, Catherine Gallagher's characters are to me the by far the most compelling characters in that show. Um, yeah. but there's others as well. But so, but I wanted to open this up to folks on social media. Let us know at Broadway Radio or yes. at No, this is Ashley and at BWW Matt. Let us know if there's any shows, TV shows, movies, musicals, plays where you think. Everybody else is more interesting than the main character. I think this is a really interesting topic. I Maybe really we'll wanna, do. I, I've got to think about it for musicals for sure because there's yeah. got to be a lot of them. I mean, I, of course, my brain started thinking about Sondheim shows. Yeah, and I that's not going to happen. Huh? <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen with Sondheim shows. Like, I just don't think they're written that way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But that's what I was thinking is that even if the main character is not the most likable, uh, he's definitely not the the most interesting. He's definitely not the least interesting, or she's definitely not the least interesting. Yeah. I wonder if I, I think something like Marilee might be interesting as to who you classify as the lead. Is Franklin? I also thought, of, yeah, I thought about that. Like, what are we classify if it's a show yeah. where like there are technically two leads? Like, who's the lead? I guess. <laughs> It's yeah, tough. like it's I think tough. you can make the argument in Merrily that Franklin's the least interesting of the three. Oh, easily. So, but everything revolves around him again. So it's like, 
what he's the central point. Everything is interesting because of him, even though it's not actually him that's interesting. True. But I guess anyway, this, I guess that's kind of how I met your mother as well, though. Yeah, exactly. So there well, you know. this this feels like if we get some good responses, this could very well be maybe we bring in a couple of the voices to talk about this into a Patreon episode into or something. It, because, yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm really interested in these kind of discussions. But speaking of Patreon, yesterday, if you could not figure out my very obvious clues. On Wednesday, I had a discussion with uh, the <laughs> Tony-winning, yeah, the Tony-winning star. Yeah, with the Tony-winning star of Sister Act and Pippin, and the one of the many, many Broadway stars on the hit CBS uh, drama Madam Secretary that just ended its sixth season run in December. Patina Miller that will be dropping very soon because we were talking uh, a lot about her upcoming concert date with Seth Rudetsky at the Town Hall. On Monday, so we will get that into the uh, Patreon feed just as human, soon as humanly possible, either on Thursday or Friday. Then it'll be in the regular feed at some point, and then we will also have Eden Espinosa coming up in the Patreon and regular feeds as well. So we are getting That's you a, a double dose. That's a killer one too. Yeah. I know, I, hey man, I've got to start the new season of Tell Me More, and if, if I'm going to start it. I'm going to start, speaking of high notes, I tweeted out the video of Eden Espinosa singing Once Upon a Time. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap, I love yes. that song. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> Ashley, let's b- go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio. Also, yeah. we have to give a shout out to our friends over at uh, Welcome to the Rock podcast who are sponsoring this week's episode of Today on Broadway. Um, you can get all eight episodes of their incredible behind-the-scenes podcast with interviews chronicling the creation of the global hit musical Come From Away. You can get those at cfapod.com. This, of course, is produced by our friends at the Curtain Call podcast based out of London. It's amazing. You've heard us talking about it all week. If you have not already, go to cfapod.com. Okay, Ashley, let's get into the news. Yesterday, the Chicago Shakespeare Theater announced that the musical adaptation of Nicholas Sparks' novel turned film, The Notebook, will have its world premiere at the theater's new venue, The Yard, this fall from September 22nd through November 8th. The show will feature a book by Becca Brunstetter and a score by Ingrid Michaelson. Michael Greif will direct. If you remember, last summer, such stars as Haley Kilgore, Vanessa Hudgens, Antonio Cipriano, Clifton Duncan, James Naughton, Jelani Aladdin, Janet DeCall, and more were a part of a reading that was included in Vassar's Powerhouse season. Uh, Ashley, I would expect a couple, if not a lot, of those names those to continue with the names. production. Yeah. And then when it goes to Chicago, and then I'm assuming inevitably coming to Broadway, whether that's in spring 2021 mm. or fall 2021, uh, they're not making this show and not bringing it to Broadway. You and, wouldn't think so, yeah. Yeah, and Chicago Shakespeare Theater was also where Six had its North American premiere. So yes, they're starting to have a pretty good, develop a pretty good pipeline. And if you remember, actually, Six was suppo- or, um, Six was a replacement. They were going to do the stage adaptation of Disney's Bedknobs and Broomsticks there. That would be a oh, world premiere there. Oh, I forgot there. about that. Yeah, but the, the woman who was going to direct that and was leading the adaptation uh, sadly passed away. She was the artistic director at the right. Chicago Shakespeare yeah. Theater. She passed away, and then they replaced that slot in the calendar for obvious reasons with six. Um, so this is a theater on the rise. So I don't think that they're going to the Chicago Shakespeare Theater not to come to Broadway sooner rather than Right. That. Intentionally putting it there, maybe, so they can start you know, raising it for broad- the Broadway slaughter, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and what's interesting about this, if you remember, I named off a bunch of these stars, but um, they've basically broken down the two main characters – 
um, the Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams characters from the film mm. into three people playing both of them. There's the younger Allie, there's uh, the middle Allie, and then the older Allie. Much smarter. And then the same thing with Noah, which yeah. obviously if you've seen the film or read the book, this story chronicles 60, 70 uh, years. Very long time, yes. You yeah, so that makes sense. Definitely need three actors, because I have the two in the film at least, but... Yes, exactly. Barely um, works. <laughs> Yeah, but what's interesting is they also, at least for the Vassar production, did it colorblind. Um, you had uh, Haley Kilgore playing the younger Allie, which makes sense. She's 20 at most. Um, then you had right. middle Allie was played by Vanessa Hudgens. She's in her 30s. Uh, and then the the um, older Allie was played by Candy Buckley. It, on the Noah side, the younger one was played by Antonio Cipriano, who is currently in Jagged Little Pill. Then the middle one was played by Clifton Duncan, who is uh, an African-American actor who was the lead, the male lead in Carmen Jones at Classic Stage Company uh, a season or so mm, ago. And yeah. then and then James Naughton, the original Billy Flynn in the uh, Broadway revival of Chicago, uh, older older Noah, he's a white man. So it's a very interesting way that they've approached that. That's and I really at least, appreciate yeah. that. That's at least interesting because I can think of fewer stories whiter than the notebook so yeah and then and they, i mean if you look at the supporting cast as well jelani aladdin janet to call i mean they are definitely going out of their way to de-whiteify that story <laughs> de-whiteify always de-whiteify yeah. broadway yes um okay well i'm interested to see what happens with this show later this year uh and i like a lot of the people that were involved in the reading so we'll see what happens all right, Ashley, I've got a couple recommendations, and they are very, very different. The first one is a new little teaser commercial trailer for the upcoming world premiere of the musical adaptation of Back to the Future. Um, as we've talked about before, this show will be having a strictly limited 12-week run at the Manchester Opera House in the UK beginning on May 17th, and it stars Roger Bart. Of course it does. Of course it as, does. <laughs> as Dr. Emmett Brown. In this trailer, you see, I mean, he, he does a great Christopher Lloyd so good that mm. Christopher Lloyd shows up and gives him kind of the evil eye <laughs> in this trailer. It's very funny. Um, we get a really good, great Scott from from Roger Bart. Um, this feels like a role that if it went to anybody other than Roger Bart, I would be angry. It would be a crime. Yeah, absolutely. It really would. He's kind of got a run of doing these bizarre characters between, or in, in fact, mad scientists at that between this and Young Frankenstein, mm -hmm. but also he plays this very weird, mad teacher in a series of unfortunate events lately. So he's pretty much getting typecast at this point. But yeah, well, and I, don't, I have excited. He was Hades, he in, was Hades uh, in, yes. in Hercules uh, in the park. Don't remind um, me. I know. I missed I, it. You, yeah, I've got something that might help. But anyway, um, so the other one, actually, the other thing I'm recommending is a, apparently it's a Super Bowl commercial for Audi, of all things, but it features... Maisie Williams, who is a star of Game of Thrones. You are a Thrones watcher, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I know <laughs> her from... Yeah. yeah. She had a couple episode run on Doctor Who, where she played a character yes, that was did. eventually just called Me. Yes. So that's how I know her. Um, and in this commercial, she just kind of is like driving through L.A. traffic, and L.A. traffic sucks. So she starts singing Let It Go. And mm -hmm. I gotta tell you, probably, you know fidgeted with in the in the recording studio sure. she sounded she sounded like a singer and i'd never nice. heard her sing before she could really be a really good anna i think um so if they haven't i don't remember if they've cast that role opposite 
Samantha Barks in the West End. I mean, I don't think you're going to need to sell tickets to Frozen, but if you want to sell tickets not. to Frozen, just put a throw game Maisie of Williams Throne in Star in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like I liked her a lot on uh, uh, on Doctor Who. She's so great I'm, on uh, Doctor I'm, Who. Yeah, she's probably she's, the best part of Thrones as well. So was she? Yeah, yeah, very sure. cool. And um, she's in the new upcoming X Men cinematic universe movie, The New Mutants, which I'm excited to see as well. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the uh, other little bits of news that we have today. Last night, Tony winner and Academy Award nominee Antonio Banderas was on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and in their conversations, he discussed that his recent production of a chorus line that he both directed and starred in in Spain is in negotiations to transfer to New York. Oh, wow. Yeah, obviously, being in Spain, the entire show was in Spanish, except, as Banderas told Colbert, the final song won, which Antonio said was done exactly how Michael Bennett staged it, and in English, ah, uh, which is really cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Now, actually, we've talked about this show uh, potentially having a New York life before. This is not this is not like breaking news necessarily. But the fact that he said that it's actually in negotiations is kind of new. Um, right. I personally, I can't imagine Antonio playing Zach anywhere but on Broadway. Like, I can't see him doing this in a small off-Broadway house. Yeah, that'd be very weird to me if they yeah. were going to put a show with a star of that caliber exactly. into, you know, whatever. Like New 42 or something. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> but... But given the success of Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish, if if he decides just to direct and not star, I could see this having a really strong and probably even longer life off Broadway oh, yeah. than it would on Broadway. And I think that would be, I mean, look at the money and what Antonio wants to do, because he obviously shepherded this production. So if he wants to be in it, let him do it and go wherever you can. Right. But um, I think that would be a really interesting move to do a very, very, very famous and beloved musical in Spanish in New York, I would I would watch the hell out of that. That is um, very before, much the Yiddish fiddler route. Yeah, exactly. Even though famous director, though you know, famous in theater, right. More than anything. Yeah, and and even though like Fiddler on the Roof made sense in Yiddish, there, there's no reason why this couldn't be done in Spanish. And sure, I've lo- I always I love a chorus line. I can never exactly put my finger on why I love it so much, but I really love it. And I, and I think this is really interesting, especially because we know Ryan Murphy is doing a limited series for Netflix about right. a chorus line. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to be a filmed version of a chorus line. It's going to be kind of like the Fosse Verdon treatment. Um, right. Yeah. To a chorus Behind line, which I think is just kind of thing. Totally. And I'm super into that yeah. as well. Oh, so much so. But yeah, uh, everyone is kind of clamoring for a chorus line revival of some form. So I think, especially if you're going to attach a name like Banderas, it, people are going to come out and see it, whether he's directing or in the show. People are going to want to totally. see that. And they're going to want to see something new if the show's all in Spanish. I mean, that seems to me like something worth coming out for, whether you're familiar totally. with the show or not. Yeah. All right, let's move on, Ashley. As you and I predicted originally, yesterday it was reported by Billboard that the recently announced movie version of the Matilda musical will be heading to Netflix. See, we're so good. They just we are so, we're like Netflix so smart. listens to the podcast, obviously. <laughs> totally. But I will say there's a bit of a twist. The film will apparently be a co-production with Sony Pictures. According to the reports, the companies are currently working out a deal for a theatrical and home video release in the UK, followed by a streaming deal on Netflix 
and other markets or for other markets around the world outside of the UK. This would be a great time to have ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Broadway. <laughs> um, Nailed it. Now, actually, we've talked a lot recently about musical TV shows and musicals either captured oh, God, or adapted for the big screen or streaming. And, and I just think that we're going to be hearing a lot more about these things very soon, like perhaps eminently. Um, as the proliferation of streaming services and networks and platforms continues to create not mm-hmm. only a a need for ownable content right. for these outlets, exactly. but also the more there are, the higher the level of competition is to get your you know subscription dollars. And I, I think and a that that, lot of spots to fill too. If you're going to have absolutely. your own streaming service, you've got content that you need to make. And right, and it's it's as you said, it's going to be able to compete with all of these others. And I think that there's something really interesting about musical theater content on streaming services, because as opposed to where you go and see, you know, like cats in the movie theater and nobody saw cats in the movie theater. But I would guarantee you that the filmed version, the stage version of cats that was filmed and is on some streaming service. Now, I think it's on Amazon, uh, but that's out there. I would guarantee you that that movie will make more in however long, 10, 20 years than the film the film version that just bombed at the box office there will always be an appetite for musical theater stuff and it might not be as big as something for a superhero movie but it's all there will always be new theater kids who want to watch these films whether they're adaptations or something filmed from the stage there will always be an audience for them so i think it's a super super smart strategic move for streaming services to jump on the theater train because it might not be the biggest audience but there will always be an audience for that type of content and that's the thing like we talk about this in terms of accessibility a lot as far as producers saying well if we tape our show then people aren't going to want to go see it and that's Hogwash. simply not true in any form people are going to watch bootlegs 10 times in a row you might as well film the show and make money yeah. off of it yourself and then in turn as you said people are going to people are seeking out pro tapes or film versions of musicals they are absolutely if that's what you are catering toward in some form or another people are absolutely going to pay for those services if that's what they're looking for totally i think it's a uh, a very good trend uh, and i hope one that continues but speaking of movie musicals i'm going to include this next story but I want everyone to take it with the largest grain of salt possible. Because, <laughs> Watch your because, sodium levels. Yeah, because I cannot vouch for the credibility of the source doing the reporting. But last night, a small website called Full Circle Cinema claimed to have an exclusive that Taryn Edgerton, who played Elton John in the film Rocket Man last year, is in talks to star in the previously announced film remake, of Little Shop of Horrors. Now, I've never heard of this site. They don't have a very large following. Their editor-in-chief does have a, a good background, so he seems to be credible, although he didn't write this story. But the article itself does not give any details as to how they got this exclusive. Um, so I don't know if it's true or not, but I wanted to share it at least at the end here in kind of like a speculative um, you know, thing. So keep an eye out for that. See what that happens. Remember Greg Berlanti of the uh, Berlanti versus superhero shows, but as well as things like Eli Stone, um, and I think he was on Brothers and uh, Brothers and Sisters as well, one of the the producers and creators there. Um, he is supposedly directing and producing this, so we'll see what happens. I also think that there is a chance that over the next few weeks um, we could have some other really exciting Little Shop casting news 
Um, but I'm not. I'm going to wait until that's actually official, since that production has kept me waiting way too long for other things as is. But uh, just just keep some little shop uh, in the back of your mind, because I think there's some interesting stuff coming. But. I I went to see if because I frequent so many film and television websites for my job to see if I'd actually been to that website, and I hadn't. But in searching that, the first thing that came up is that Lin Manuel Miranda reveals Hamilton movie will feature original Broadway cast as of five hours ago. Well, that's that's true. Yes, uh, I mean. <laughs> To an extent, they've filmed with the original cast, and Lynn's talked about that. We've talked right. about that here. And he's he's said, including on that um, Good Place podcast that I mentioned the other day, oh, he, he would back. like this to get a theatrical release. Um, whether or not it will, who knows. But um, So that's that's a, an accurate statement, although I think it is click-baitily headlined. Exactly, which is kind of why I'm like, I'm not necessarily sure how much credibility the site has but i guess we'll find out and again as i said before we started it was not taron edgerton is not the person i thought he was so (laughs) i thought it was taron killam yeah yeah different guy has some uh has some little shop uh experience but not not the same guy all right, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right, you can also head over to Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio if you want to get access to my Tell Me More interviews with Tony winner Patina Miller and 2021 Best Actress do. in a Musical Tony winner Eden Espinoza. Yes. This will be coming very soon. Also, head over to CFAPod.com to binge listen to all eight incredible episodes of the Come From Away podcast, Welcome to the Rock. Have a great Thursday, everybody, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.